Satisfaction guarantee. Best mattress. Sleep easy, friends. See you for details. The Raiders host the L.A. Chargers at Allegiant Stadium. Listen in Sunday with our game day coverage starting at 10 on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM KRLB Las Vegas. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time to take a look around the NFL with John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And John McClain will join us momentarily. DeMond's efforting him right now. We definitely appreciate DeMond's efforts. We are in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and you can hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. You can create your Christmas wish list for the Raiders, what they need. What would it be? You can only give me one suggestion, though. Hit us up on the text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Now on the phone lines from gallerysports.com and also Sports Radio 610 in Houston is our good friend John McClain. And John, thanks so much for your time. And I want to start right there in Houston with uh, Deshaun Watson making his return. He gets the gets the first game of the 2022 season with his new team, the Cleveland Browns. And my I have a couple questions about this. One, let me start with the, the ladies that are going to be in attendance and Tony Busby is going to have them up in the suite. Is this something that Tony Busby is just doing, or is this something that, that the ladies just so they don't get forgotten about in this situation? First of all, if, if I were going to send you something for a wish list on the Raiders, it would be a new contract for Josh Jacobs. Boom. There's my contribution. I like it. As, as far as Watson, people here don't care. People here are so down on the Texans and Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton, the offensive coordinator, because the team is utterly pathetic. There's no buzz. No matter how much the talk shows try to stir it up, there's just such apathy about the Texans right now. And every time the Astros make a move, like signing White Sox first baseman Jose Abreu, bringing Jeff Bagwell, a Hall of Famer, one of the all-time favorite players, to the news conference to talk about it along with the owner, everything the Astros do turns to gold, and everything the Texans do turns to coal. So Tony Busby, who has a suite, and of course he told the media that he's going to have 10 of the uh, plaintiffs come sit with him so they won't be forgotten. And you know what? That's Busby trying to get some attention. And um, I don't know if anybody will go try to interview him about it. I don't know if the TVs will show them. I'm guessing somewhere... In the introduction, pregame, maybe right at the start of the game, they'll mention about Watson and his issues, and they might say, in fact, you know, 10 of the plaintiffs are here, but they got to be sure they're there. You know, just because Tony Busby says there's going to be 10, there could be 8 or 9 or 11, so you want to be accurate. But uh, once Watson gets on the field with a crowd that will have a lot of Browns fans, he'll be booed by Texans fans. In fact, I'll tell you what's going to happen, Q. Uh, when the Texans offense leaves the field, they're going to be booed like crazy, and people watching are going to think, oh, man, they're already booing Watson. No, they're booing the worst offense in the NFL. They're booing the second-lowest scoring team in the NFL. They're booing a team that's been outscored 50 to nothing in the la- first half of the last two games, and they've been behind Four first downs to 33 in the first half and 583 yards to 36. That's why this pathetic offense will get booed and a lot of people may think it's Watson. Talking right now with John McClain from gallerysports.com and also Sports Radio 610 here on Radio Nation Radio 920 and Necessary Roughness. So with that being said, John, what do you think Deshaun's going to look like? He hasn't played football forever. 
they have a great running game. They're a run-first team. Only one Cleveland quarterback is thrown for 4,000 yards, and that was Brian Seitz. In 1980, Bernie, hmm. Bernie Kosar never did. And the reason is where they play. The stadium is right on Lake Erie. The wind blows like crazy. You have to run the football to have success, and they do. And Watson, as I've told every station I've done interviews with, this should be like a joint practice for him. It's not going to be tough. Come out. Throw from the pocket a little bit, throw rolling left a little, throw rolling right a little. And that way, when the schedule gets tougher against good teams on their schedule, I think beginning with Cincinnati, then he's a little better prepared. And he's got to be rusty. He's been able to practice now for a couple of weeks. And uh, so I, I just, I believe that he'll play well, but I can't imagine he would light it up as much as he'd like to light it up. And and in the game the Texans had Sunday at uh, Miami, they uh, the defense gave up a 59-yard touchdown drive, a three-yard touchdown drive that was on the offense, and then the offense gave up a touchdown interception return. And then right before the half, the, the, and they were up 30 to nothing, and they kept having to a tongue of our pass, and the Texans started banging him around. And then they get in the third quarter, they sacked him three more times on three series. They didn't do squats, so Mike McDaniel, the coach, pulled him out because they didn't want him to get hurt, which was smart. And so I'm guessing with Watson, they're wanting to play the whole game, but if he's getting hit a lot, like uh, Tungvaluwa was, they might be wise to go ahead and pull him, put Jacoby Brissett back in, and then worry about the next game in which they play. Uh, they play at Cincinnati, and uh, they got to be ready for that one because their schedule gets tough. Besides being outdoors, they got at Cincinnati and home against Baltimore and New Orleans, and the last two are at Washington and Pittsburgh. So that ain't no slats of schedule and. Uh, Watson, I think all this, they're not going to playoffs. Everything they do from here on out, Q is getting ready for next season. John McClain is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, moving on from Deshaun Watson, let's move on to Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Do you think that they're going to sit him? Do you think he still wants to play for Green Bay? He says he wants to play. Now, I don't know about beyond this season. This season has been a disaster. I like to tell people, you know, he's a pain in the butt. And when he's MVP and you're winning and you're getting home field advantage in the NFC, his idiosyncrasies are easier to put up with. But when they're losing and he's not playing well, and in his defense, he's got injuries, then he's a pain in the butt. Damani's kind of like Q. He's <laughs> a pain in the butt. And so uh, I think that uh, if they – Say they want to trade it. Nobody's going to trade for his contract offseason. He's got one year left, so he'd have to redo it, maybe get a, two extra years on there because he has said he wants to play well into his 40s. But he just, you know, he, he seems disinterested because he knows they're not going to make the playoffs. So they need to see Jordan Love. They need to see what they've got because if they let, if they let him go, and maybe they just cut him and say, just for his sake, we're going to let him become a free agent for everything he's done for the organization. But then if Jordan Love is not the man after Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, you talk about pressure, 
And I hate to bring up Q again, but that's like whoever eventually takes Q's place. That is some intense <laughs> pressure. So, and then that could set back that organization for a long time. So nobody knows what they're going to do. They just know there's going to be a lot of uncertainty as the season winds down. Oh, man. Well, you're talking about QB and Aaron Rodgers. I was going to say that I might be Jordan Love in this situation, but no, I don't want the pressure, <laughs> so never mind. I won't no, take you're, it. You're Brett, you're Brett Favre to his Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sounds good. John McClain is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. How about the situation going on in Denver with a quarter of a billion dollar quarterback in Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett? How, how's this going to go? As bad as the Texans are, and they have not scored more than 17 points in five games. They haven't scored more than 20 but once. They are not the lowest-scoring team in the league. Uh, that would be Denver. And yet, the point differential, the Texans are have the biggest point differential in the NFL, and the Broncos are not in the top five. And the reason is their defense plays very well. They're minus 37. Texans are minus 68. I feel bad for the Broncos defense. It's played well enough to win that division. For Russell Wilson, who turns 34 today, you know, what a happy birthday uh, for him. Well, he's married to Sierra, so that's worth all the pain and agony of playing football. But he is, Nathaniel Hackett's going to be gone. And I'm guessing that the, the family that bought the team from Walmart, that they'll call Sean Payton and they'll say, what do you want? Some tape over our organization. And Sean Payton wants control of personnel like he had in New Orleans. And even though they have George Payton as the GM in Denver, he wasn't hired by the new owners. So I could see them make a serious run at Sean Payton. Anybody that gets Sean Payton, that team is going to be, I'm not saying instantly good, but it's going to be good pretty soon. You know, I'm glad you brought up Sean Payton because there's buzz around the Chargers, who the Raiders will play this week, that if Brandon Staley doesn't get them to the playoffs this year, that could be a place that Sean Payton lands. Can you see that happening as well? Boy, I can't imagine they give up on Brandon Staley after three years considering last year he's like they missed the playoffs because they got beat for the Texans, but you know, if you're if you if not, how often is a truly great coach available? And I'm not talking about somebody that's over the hill and almost at the rest home. I'm talking about a guy at at a great point in his career. So if you've got a team like that, he wants to go somewhere where there's a great quarterback. And the reason people have talked to him about Denver is he talked early in the season on TV, on his job on TV, about what he thought needed to be done with with Russell Wilson. Now, if you look at young quarterbacks, there's not many better than Justin Herbert. They got good receivers, even though Keenan Allen can't get on the field and stay on the field. You know, Austin Eckler's catches better than he runs. Mike Williams has been hurt. You know, they lost with Sean Slater. They got talent. And so if I'm him and I'm thinking I want a quarterback and I want control of personnel, the key is. Would they give him control of personnel with Tom Delesco being a really respected general manager? 
Something that I want to talk about moving over to the AFC East is the situation that's going on with the New York Jets with Zach Wilson being benched. Another team in the AFC East, let's say the Miami Dolphins, they had a similar issue with Tua. Hey, you're not playing as well as we want you to, so we're going to put in Ryan Fitzpatrick. But with Mike White, he's not Ryan Fitzpatrick, a journeyman. He's a guy who maybe if he performs well enough should earn that starting job. Do you see Zach Wilson, if the Jets go on and make the playoffs, loses his job being such a high draft pick? It wasn't just that they started Fitzpatrick. They did everything they could to trade for Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. That was Brian Flores. And, uh, and of course, all Miami fans are so happy they didn't get it because two is playing great. Uh, Mike White is the only quarterback in history in his first start to for three touchdowns at 400 yards. But he couldn't sustain it. Now, maybe it's because the team was bad. So they thought so much of Mike White that he was second pick in the draft on Zach Wilson. They're not going to give up on a second pick in the draft after two seasons. He'll be there next season. But if, say, they go back to him and White is on the team and, and Zach Wilson has a bad game, fans, media, they're going to demand that Mike White play again. I'd let White play the rest of this season. Maybe to show the fans he's not great, and that's why we drafted Zach Wilson second overall. But if you make a mistake, you better admit it and move on. And if White is the guy, then you're going to have to go with it. But uh, I think they'll have a good old quarterback controversy next season. John, we'll close it out with this. We started Josh Jacobs. We'll end with Josh Jacobs. Just what did you think of that uh, heroic performance that he had on Sunday for the Raiders going for 303 scrimmage yards? Well, somebody who watched him kill the Texans, it didn't surprise me. Now, that long touchdown run that did, it's hard to give up an 86-yard run in the NFL. You don't see many backs going the distance like that because there's some fast there's defensive backs faster than Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. And that and 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 what it meant, and I'm sure they're talking about a contract now and maybe he likes it there. Maybe a lot of those guys that don't get their contracts picked up the fifth year, they tell you where you can put your offer where the sun don't shine and they go somewhere else. For the Raiders' sake, I hope they can get it done because that guy has been tremendous. It is if he if he wants to be a free agent, the problem is there's a lot of running backs who are free agents. And I mean a lot. I saw the list the other day. It starts with Saquon Barkley and then goes to Josh Jacobs and others, but he better think twice about that. If the Raiders give him an offer that he likes, he better stay right there. John McClain is our guest, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610. What do you got coming out on Gallery Sports that we should be on the lookout for? I've got a column coming up on Deshaun Watson. We'll do another one on the Astros and now kind of off-season they're having, which is the opposite of what the Texans are having. And I appreciate you guys having me on every week. Absolutely. Hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you very much, Q and DeMond. Take care. There he goes, John McClain, the great John McClain right there, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610. You can find him on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL, and with us here every single Tuesday at 3 o'clock. 3.14 is the time. We'll come back, get to your calls, get to your texts. Got a lot to get to. You heard John. If you can create your Christmas wish list for the Raiders, what they need, what would it be? Only give me one suggestion. John said, sign Josh Jacobs. That's John McClain who said, sign Josh Jacobs, who always says, Q, players always do better in the contract year. John McClain said sign Josh Jacobs. That tells you the impact he's having on the season. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. 319 is the time. Coming up around 330-ish. 
We'll hear from Raiders defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. He was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center earlier today. Him and offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi, they meet with the media on Tuesdays. Coming up 3.30, Patrick Graham. 4.30, Mick Lombardi. We'll split it up like that. In between that, we have Lincoln Kennedy coming up at 4 o'clock. I mentioned earlier on the show today that the Raiders signed cornerback Tyler Hall to the active roster. He's the one who got the sack against uh, Denver, and that was Chandler Jones came up with a big uh, pressure on Russell Wilson, and Tyler Hall, who had just came up off the practice squad on Saturday, ended up with the sack. And uh, he played a handful of snaps on Sunday. Uh, nothing stood out to me in a major way from him, but he played a handful of snaps. Uh, he is signed to the active roster. The Raiders plays cornerback Anthony Averett on injury reserve. And when I said that earlier, I said, Four games at the minimum he'll miss. This is the second time he's been on IR. I totally forgot about that. And I got a shout out to my guy, Tashawn Reed from The Athletic, who pointed this out on Twitter. This is the second time he's been on IR. He's done for the season. So Anthony Averett ends the season kind of the way he started it. Remember, he started the season on IR, missed the first four games, or actually missed more than that. And now he's ending the season on IR and uh, really not a whole lot to show for it. So uh, there you go. That's the first guy that's... Basically a done deal for the rest of the season. But uh, Anthony Averett will be out. He was a guy that, you know, they, the Raiders took a flyer, one-year deal on him. He uh, played well in Baltimore a year ago and forced into action because they had so many injuries in the secondary. And you thought that maybe he was going to be able to play that man, press man, bump and run uh, style. And he just did not look good. He just hasn't looked good all season long. On Sunday, he hurt his toe and he was out of the game. And uh, that was it, man. That was all she wrote. So Anthony Averett... Um, his season for sure is over with the silver and black. Who knows what the future looks like for Anthony Averett, but uh, it's a done deal records on what he's got going on. We've been throwing out there the question to you. If you can create your own Christmas wish list for the Raiders, what they need, what would it be? And the only thing I have to, to, to add to that is that you can only give me one suggestion. I, I can't have you call me and give me a laundry list of things. You got to say that for someone else. And, I, and look, we've had some creative, very creative answers that thought way outside the box, way outside the box more than I did. Right. I mean, I, I said a dominant defensive tackle. Uh, DeMond kind of stretched it a little bit and said a, a dominant offensive line, which was great because it's one thing, one dominant offensive line, which is not a bad thing. If Derek Carr has a dominant offensive line, great things could happen. And oh, by the way, great things could happen for whoever's running the rock. If it's Josh Jacobs, Amir White, Britton Brown, whoever, Amir Abdullah, whoever the case may be, whoever's running that ball behind a dominant offensive line is going to do some good things. So that was a really good answer. But we've heard cap relief. That was a really good one. Uh, start hitting on uh, draft picks instead of reaching. That's good. I like that. Uh, we've heard uh, sideline to sideline linebacker. Uh, we've heard a lot of really good stuff. A shutdown corner. That was Raider Mackey hit us up. Uh, got plenty of really good stuff. Uh, how about this one from uh, Sir Whiskey Ray? Q&D. All I want is a solid linebacking core. I want all three of our linebackers to be elite. And that was like Raider Black. Raider Black had called us and said that. Can we please make this happen? I honestly want an elite defense. Kills me to say this, but the Niners seem to always do it right on defense. I'm just keeping it real. That's Sir Whiskey Ray. And you know what? I respect that. Because the one thing that they do have, more times than not, is a damn good defense. When they went to the Super Bowl with Cap and Jim Harbaugh, they had Cap and Jim Harbaugh, but they had a damn good uh, defense. Their defense is what really you know, kind of led the way for them. I mean, again, they had some dynamic guys on offense, uh, but they they did that. When they went to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G, they had Jimmy G, but they had a dominant defense, right? I mean, you see the theme here, <laughs> right? And I know they lost both of those, but they have a – so Risky Ray is absolutely right. They have a solid defense, and I couldn't tell you the last time the Raiders had a dominant defense. I really couldn't. I really couldn't. Just a dominant – like, take no prisoners type defense. One of those that you know is going to go out there and, and win the battle for you, right? One of those that, yeah, you're going to be lucky to score. 
<laughs> I mean, and and I say this knowing the Niners are coming to town uh, on on New Year's. I mean, they're not even giving up touchdowns in the second half, right? I mean, so any damage that you're doing in games, you better do it in the first half. That better not be a game where the Raiders sleepwalk through the first half because, man, if you look at what they do in the second half of games, they just don't give up. They don't give up points. Raider at T hit us up at 69187, keyword r My Christmas list, middle of the field defense coverage. Yes. Again, going back to the defensive theme, I love the fact that so many people are picking the defensive side of the ball. I think that they're going to figure things out offensively, especially with the weapons that they have coming back at some point in Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. You see what they're doing without those guys. And I said it on yesterday's show, and I've said it before. I said it on the Raider Roundtable with Lincoln Kennedy and JT earlier today at the Raiders HQ that it could be a blessing in disguise. You never, you never want guys injured. Let me throw that out there first. You never want guys injured, but it could be a blessing in disguise that the Raiders are learning how to use Devontae Adams to the best of his ability and let him be the true alpha, the true number one that he is. And then Josh Jacobs is his compliment to him, right? And then you're seeing guys like Foster and Keelan Cole and you know others contribute. And then when those other two guys get healthy, Hunter and Darren, Josh McDaniels could just integrate them into that offense, not trying to blend all three of them at the same time, try to figure out who Devontae is and what he does best besides everything at the same time, right? Instead, okay, now Josh McDaniels has had so much time to scheme and, and, and work with Devontae and Carr and Foster, these guys. Now all of a sudden you get two more guys that are dynamic players. It could probably be easier to blend those guys in. That's just my, my gut feeling. It might end up being something that you see, and I'm not saying how big of an impact it's going to make this year, but it could show what it looks like. Going back to Raider Mac's call, and I know we had Brad Spielberger, and so we had to cut him off, but I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Raider Mac when he was saying, why would you trade Why would you trade Darren Waller? You haven't even seen what it looks like, right? Why would you even want to trade Darren Waller? 99% of us were pounding the table for Dave Ziegler to sign Darren Waller. Then all of a sudden when he's not available for injury, whatever the case may be, whatever's going on, also, it's like, trade him, trade him, trade him, trade him. Da, 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 da. It's like, wait a minute, you haven't even given him a chance to see what it looks like. Everyone knows how damn good Darren Waller could be. If he's out there healthy with a healthy Devontae Adams and a healthy Hunter Renfro and also a dog behind him and Josh Jacobs, can you imagine how lethal that offense could be? You got to see it first. They didn't sign him just to get rid of him. Regardless, and I know there were some people, I'll say this, there were some people that would call in and say, ah, nah, he's got a couple years left on his deal, you don't have to sign him. Okay, but they did. So now that they signed him, they didn't just sign him just to trade him. Like, hey, man, I'm going to I'm gonna sign you just to get rid of you. And it goes back to what Andrew Brandt said as well. When a team is looking to trade away a player, what's wrong with them? Right. So I don't think that you're going to get the return on the player that you think that Darren Waller is. You're not going to get that return in investment no. if you just trade him after this season and he only played, what, was it two to three games so far? Right, exactly. Yeah, if he, if he were just to shut it on down the rest of the season and the Raiders decided to trade him in the offseason, the return on investment is not going to be very good. Yeah, because then when you get a player that's not a Darren Waller top three at his position Pro Bowl level player, you should have kept Waller. Yeah, the first touchdown he gets on another team, like man, where's Trayvon Mullen when you need him? Right, I'm waiting for that. Since since I talked about Anthony Averett going on IR and he's done for the season, I'm waiting for the should have kept Mullen. Why? wasn't available. I like Mullen. wasn't available. What's the point? You know, everyone's talking about. Go, I, I've got tweets. Re, go reside Jonathan Abram. Just got rid of him. Who said that? Oh, I got multiples. Oh, no. Dog, I got multiples, dog. <laughs> I got multiples. Bring him back. Donald, hit us up. Bring him back. Why? They, they, they got rid of him for a reason. And now his second team has got rid of him for a reason. 
It's so funny, and I know every fan base does this. It's not exclusive to Raider Nation, but it's like your player is always your player. Regard, like Brian Edwards, he's on the Kansas City Chiefs practice squad. Bring him back. Shake my head. Like I have people hit me up. Q, see, look, Kansas City knows what's up. Do they? Do they? <laughs> is Brian Edwards really? Do, where is Brian Edwards, and when is Brian Edwards going to get on the field in Kansas City with Ooh. all those weapons in front of him? That dude is no more than depth. They also signed Melvin Gordon. You want him to? Kansas City could sign anybody. Right. And pe- Kansas City could sign me. And it would be the hey. <laughs> damn man. it, I knew it. Damn, damn it, Damon's got something. I knew Q was just poo-pooing on him. Just the practice squad, but hey man. Because <laughs> when they do it with so many people, man, boxing guy, the one who man, Le'Veon Bell. Oh, yeah. And it was like, yeah. hey man, he's gonna be something in Kansas City. Right. This is that this is that secret piece. No. Man, Kansas City's PR could sign you and they'd be like, see, see? Should have kept him around. Will! Will should have kept him on around here! Kansas City picked him up. They know something. <laughs> Will's like, how am I catching strays? Josh Gordon. <laughs> yeah, Josh Gordon. Man, they, Remember man, how much doing weapon it. he was going to be? Come on, man. But it's 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 every fan base does that. Whoever their guy is, it's like that's always going to be the guy. They it's it's almost like they have problems just moving on from certain players, realizing that that just guy wasn't a good fit. I have no ill will towards Jonathan Abram. I hope that wherever he latches on, he succeeds. I mean, I really do, right? Because that's just what it is. I mean, this is a very tough business. You know, businesses like the NFL, you're basically hired to get fired. They, I mean, think about that. Coaches, they're, they're hired to get fired. That's what they do. They're, they're, I mean, nobody's there forever, no matter where you're at. Hell, we just had John McClain on. He was like, there's going to be pressure on the guy that comes and replaces Q. He ain't lying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. It's a revolving door. It's what it is. Nothing lasts forever. Just doesn't. James, slow jams, James, hit us up on uh, Twitter. I should do it in my slow jam voice. I'm sticking with my man, Illuminor. Q knows this. <laughs> yes, I did notice he picked up another penalty, but his body of work this season is pretty good. All things considered. That's from James. There you go. How about that? Man, I love that he's just sticking by him. Yeah. Penalties be damned. Yeah, exactly. Oh, penalties not going to kill him. No, you know, and and I'll say this, man. He 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 did a, a good job. I'll give him that. He did a good job on Sunday. The whole offensive line did a good job on Sunday. You gotta I gotta give them a lot of credit. I really do. We're talking about Josh Jacobs. We're talking about extending them. We're talking about go give him an in-season contract extension. We're not talking about that if the offensive line sucked. I mean, you know what I mean? Just straight up. Let's let's just be as blunt as possible. The offensive line from left tackle all the way to the right tackle did a really good job. Derek Carr had some pressure on him a few times, got sacked, you know, time, whatever. But it wasn't a bad performance by the O-line at all. There was times when Carr had plenty of time to deliver the ball, which wherever it was, short, long, you know, outside, uh, that, that, that dime that he dropped to, uh, to foster in the end zone. I mean, that took a second to develop, right? And that was not an easy pass. That's not an easy pass. But Derek did a really good job with that, and especially shaking off the early, uh, the early turnovers that he had to be able to clear that. And, and, and Foster as well. Foster had early drops, one that helped cause a turnover the other one just well the Raiders had to kick or uh, had to punt the ball so for those guys to keep to stay you know stay locked in even Keelan Cole you know I get nervous when he goes back to punt return and well we saw we saw him put one on the ground but he recovered it I get nervous when he goes back to that but he made a big catch for the second week in a row on the last drive when the Raiders needed to have it he came up clutch I mean you just I, I got to give him credit for that. I really do. Again, he makes me nervous when he goes to punt the ball or when he receives the ball. Don't get me wrong. That's when I'm out there looking for. Uh, I'm out there looking for Hunter. Where's Hunter? Where's Hunter? Oh damn it, he's on IR. 
And Amir Abdullah, he's come along. He's, I mean, these, these guys are starting to develop. Special teams unit was a, a unit that was really struggling early in the season. It's getting better. Is it where it needs to be yet? No. It's not, it's not where it needs to be yet. But it's getting better as far as I'm concerned. And Amir, before the season's over, is going to break one. I don't know when it's going to be. Between now and Kansas City, he's going to break one. He was that close, Damon. That close. <laughs> I just knew it, man. When he got to a certain, I think he got to about the 40-yard line, I put my hands in the air. I was like, oh, I felt like Mac Hollins on yeah. that last run. Touchdown, baby. I'm going to get this one right. It's going to be the one I called this right. And he got tackled. That's what happens. But, man, just keep, just keep hope alive. You know, eventually. Keep hope alive. Okay, yeah. Jesse. Three thirty three. 3.32 is the time. Myself and Jesse Jackson clearly here in the Friendly Cadillac Performance <laughs> Studio. He actually goes by the name of Devon Cotton. When we come back, you're going to hear from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. He met with us earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. You'll hear a few sound bites from him. Plus, we'll get back to your calls in Texas. Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. 3.37 is the time. In just a couple minutes, we'll hear from defense coordinator Patrick Graham. Also coming up at 4 o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy will join the show. Talk all things silver and black. I was talking in the last segment about Darren Waller and people talking about trading him. Also talking about Trayvon Mullen and the fact that the Raiders did trade him, even though he was about to go on IR and not play at all for the Raiders this season. Dave Ziegler, the GM of the Raiders, was able to get something out of the Arizona Cardinals for Trayvon Mullen, who, by the way, the Cardinals have gotten nothing out of him since he's uh, been there. I, 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 okay, go for it. Season what? high, 29 snaps Okay, against the uh, Chargers this past Sunday. Perfect. 29 snaps. Yep. Perfect. Okay. There you go. That's what they've received pretty much for Trayvon Mullen. All I know is everyone from Arizona that I know has hit me up and said, how in the hell did Dave Ziegler sell, th- sell this injured dude to – to uh to to Steve Kime. And I said, Hey man, I, I I can't answer that. I don't know I don't know I don't know what went into that negotiation, but there you go. So anyway, that's beside the point. So we got a text from the seven oh seven. I definitely appreciate uh, appreciate the text on the text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. So you don't mind keeping Darren Waller when he's not available all season due to a mysterious hamstring injury, but you have no problem getting rid of Mullen because he wasn't available. And to answer that, yes. <laughs> yeah, I have no problem holding on to Darren Waller. And obviously the Raiders don't either. The Raiders didn't give Trayvon Mullen a contract extension and then trade him. The Raiders were going to IR him, meaning he was done for the season. So if they were going to do that, what were you going to get for him? Nothing. They didn't plan on Darren Waller having a hamstring injury and not playing. They gave him a contract extension because he was going to be part of the three-headed monster. And I'd rather see what he has and what this offense can look like, which is exactly what I said months ago before he even signed that contract extension. Right? When we sat on this very show, on this very station, and said, "Why? Well, you can't get rid of Darren Waller. You got to see at least what it looks like first, right? Before you go ahead and make some decisions. They haven't had a chance to see what it looks like. They haven't had a chance yet. Hunter's been unavailable. Darren's been unavailable. Are you trying to get rid of Hunter too? He's unavailable. He hasn't had a great season. I don't see anyone sitting here texting in saying, trade Hunter Renfro. He's been available just as much as, as Darren, if not less. I didn't see Darren Waller fumble in the Cardinals game to have the Cardinals return to the house for a game winner. That was Hunter. But nobody's trying to trade him. Why is it different for Darren? Why has he got to get traded? I'm just asking. I'm not being a smart ass. I'm just asking. I don't hear anybody, not one swinging D, saying trade Hunter. All I hear is trade Darren, trade Darren, trade Darren. Why is everyone willing to wait for one guy and not the other? I'm just asking. Again, just asking. Just want to know. 
All right, I, I think I, well, I, I think they're very valuable together, and I think that the offense could be great. All three of the guys, but you got to give it a chance. And it has, unfortunately, for Raider Nation, for us, for the team, and more importantly than anybody, haven't got a chance to see it. I think that for people, it's got to be that stigma of last season, the way last season ended, right? And then now this season with a hamstring injury, it's the injury stigma of hey, he's always hurt, he's not available, and also with the hamstring injury, where some people don't believe that it's a phantom injury because with a ham with a hamstring you can't there right. is no when Derek Carr when he mentioned hey the things that players have to put in their bodies just to sleep at night a hamstring it isn't one of those it isn't like hey get get a shot in the back and you go out there and give your best effort on Sunday a hamstring you just don't know and when you can't see it it makes it more right yeah when you can't see the injury and that's fair when you see players out there well hey he's got a club on his hand and he's out there playing why can't you play with a with a with a hamstring right and that's fair that's fine if you if you don't believe that he has a hamstring injury, and I'm not saying you, I'm just saying it, someone mm-hmm. in general. If you don't believe, if you don't have, if you don't believe he has a hamstring injury and that he just doesn't want to be out there, then that's something that they have to deal with. That's not me for that's not for me to judge. I'm not in the locker room. I'm not in the training room. I'm not walking around the facility. I'm not sitting there breaking bread with Darren Waller. So I can't tell you how he's feeling. I can't tell you if he's got something going on or not. Now, if someone in the locker room was like, you know what, I think Waller's injury is BS, then that's something else. But we haven't heard that yet. Have we heard that? No. Okay. So I can't diagnose. I'm not Dr. Chow. We had Dr. Chow on earlier. And he said he don't even know. He said it's weird to him. But he said it's also something that the people inside the building probably know a lot better than anyone else. And I'm going to go ahead and trust them. If the, if the GM, Dave Ziegler, decided that he was worth signing the contract extension for, with whatever the case is, then I'm going to trust that they feel like he's a part of this, this, this team moving forward. And also going back to the texter in the 707's um, rebuttal about, hey, why are they doing, why do you feel this way about Waller and not Trayvon Mullen? Yeah, I know people don't want to hear this, but people get different treatment. There's special treatment. I know people don't want to hear that, but in sports, especially in sports, players who have made the Pro Bowl, players who get contract extensions, players who have been there, done that, you get the exemption rather than a guy who in his first three years in the league has been, ah, okay. That's all. That's what it comes down to. Where oh, why wouldn't they give him a shot or get rid of him? He hasn't done anything. Nothing. Nothing. I've seen. I've seen Waller. I've seen Waller succeed. I've seen what Waller looks like. I've seen what Renfro looks like. I've seen what Devonte looks like. And it looks good. Now I'd like to see all three of them together and what it looks like. And I again, you don't have to agree with me. That's fine. But in rebuttal to that text, that's yes. That's why I'm willing to wait to see what it looks like. If you don't want to wait, cool. But I guarantee, I won't even say 90. I'll say I'll say 85. I'll give it a nice 85. 85% of the people called this station, texted this line, tweeted at us, and said, you got to sign Darren Waller. I bet you 85% of people did. There was a couple that didn't. But, boy, it's, it's so funny how quickly people turn on you. So quickly how fast people turn on you. Before he got signed, you got to sign him. You got to sign him. What are you doing? What are you doing? Now it's like, get rid of him. Get rid of him. What's changed? What's changed? So I'm I'm willing to, yeah, I'm willing to ride it out. And as long as they were willing to give him a contract extension, obviously they saw something in him that they believed in or else they wouldn't have gave him a contract. I mean, does that make any sense? Why would someone get, why would your employer give you something if, they, if you weren't worth a damn? Like, think about that. Put it in our terms. Like, wherever you work at, has your employer ever came and gave you extra money because you were worthless and that you didn't try hard and that you weren't, you weren't someone that they saw 
them building around. Nobody gives out money or extensions for nothing. They just don't do it. That's fantasy world. That's Candyland. We don't live in Candyland. That's a board game. Just doesn't happen. Uh, we just got a new text in here from that same texter. Waller missed six games last year, too, while Hunter was balling out and carrying the offense on his back. Hunter hasn't had any injury issues until this season. And, yeah, Hunter fumbled a ball and lost a game, but how many big catches did Waller drop lately? Waller has three TDs since the beginning of last season. Travis Kelsey had more than that in one game. Fine. So, obviously, you're not a fan of Waller. So, that's fine. Again, I've seen it. I've seen it when it comes to Waller. I haven't seen it when it comes to Trayvon Mullen, and I was a fan of him. But I also could be honest. So, okay. So Hunter gets a pass because he's never done this, even though early in the season when he was playing, he didn't look right. How many people said he didn't look right early in the season? He wasn't on the same page. He wasn't doing this. He wasn't doing that. He wasn't the same. He didn't look like the same guy. I just feel like we make up rules as they go along. All right, well, this is good for this guy, but this ain't good for that guy. I mean, reality is, you ain't got to go back to last year. Let's talk about the time at the present. Let's talk about right now. Let's be where our feet are. What has Waller done this year? Nothing. What has Renfro done this year? Nothing. Is that not as apples, apples you can get? Again, be where your feet are. Don't take me back. Don't put me in a time machine and tell me what happened this, that, and the other. Let's, Let's be right where our feet are. What have those two guys done for the team so far this year? You point out something to me that stands out where it's like Hunter doesn't never have to get a, a mention. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to bash Hunter. I'm just saying they're both on IR and they both been unavailable this year and they both received contract extensions and the return on investment has not been good at all for either one of them. So, again, just being where my feet are real quick. I want to pull up the stats and not looking at the numbers. It makes this whole argument to me feel very silly in six games. Hunter Renfro has 21 receptions. And 192 receiving yards, zero touchdowns. In five games, Darren Waller has 16 receptions, 175 yards, and one touchdown. We're talking about two players. Who have done nothing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Neither one of them have done anything for the season. So if we're going to call it, if we're trying to be apples to apples, let's be apples to apples. That's all I'm asking. If you don't like a certain guy for whatever reason, fine. If you weren't one of the many that were calling in, and be honest, let's, 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 let's take some truth serum here. Let's be honest. How many people were calling in and saying, sign Waller to an extension? I know I was one of them. I was one of them from the jump. Way back in the summertime, I was talking about get get Waller an extension and take care of Hunter because they're your key guys. They're your core guys, right? That's all I'm saying. 707. No, it's not. 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Gangster Raider. Gangster, what's up, man? Hey, what's happening, Q? Finally, somebody been saying what I've been saying. Everybody act like Waller is the only one that got paid in the offseason. Renfro got paid in the offseason, too. And Renfro fumbled away the game on back-to-back plays against the Cardinals. But I don't hear nobody um, hopping on Renfro like they're hopping on D. Waller. And I'm finally glad that somebody else pointed it out because I called on JT show about about three weeks ago. I think it was at the third or fourth game. And I brought this up. Everybody was trying to blame Waller and the defensive coordinator. And I was like, well... The defense coordinator isn't the one calling the plays. He's bad, stupid plays and not using our um, offense or whatever. But it just seems like the, um, the nation, the base, seems like they're going after Waller and um, um, PG, the defensive coordinator, um, un, un, um, undeservedly. You know what I'm saying? But I'm glad you pointed it out because they both got paid in the offseason. And even when um, Waller was going through his contract um, thing, 
people was questioning his hamstring, but now we see the hamstring was a real thing. Now people talk about trading. I just don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Where is this hate for Waller coming from? Well, he, of course, to me, I think he's the reason that um, Mad Max is clean because of Derek Waller's influence. He helped my Mad Max get clean, and he's going on three years sober because of Darren Waller. You know what I'm saying? So where is all this hate for Waller coming from? And you got to remember, Waller is recovering, so he can't take all these drugs and other things that probably help his hamstring heal faster because he has a um addiction um um problem addiction um you know circumstance you know what i mean so that's probably one of the reasons why he can't take all the drugs to help him get back on the field quicker but everybody needs to understand that waller i think is an integral part he should have been a captain if you ask me i don't know why he wasn't a captain but i think he should have been a captain but also um pg our defense coordinator he needs the players and that he needs to work the scheme. In the last few games, he's been using more of the players that he has to fit the scheme. That's why we've been winning, you know what I'm saying? But I'm glad you pointed out that everybody's talking about this um, Trey uh, Waller when Renfro is the one who actually lost us the game. And I say um, Waller's been more productive this year than Renfro, and everybody act like Renfro didn't get paid. Renfro got paid this offseason before Waller did, and to me he's had a worse season than Waller. So if you want to trade anybody, trade Renfro. Keep Thank you, my man. I appreciate the call. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that you can go back to Tennessee and say, hey, that ball that bounced off Waller's hands and ended up as an interception, that, that cost the Raiders the game. That fumble that, that Hunter Renfro had against the Cardinals that was returned for a touchdown, that cost the Raiders the game. So, again, going back to what they've done, again, just trying to play devil's advocate, I'm not hating on either one of them. I think that they're both integral parts of the team moving forward. They're just not available right now. I think that they're dynamic players some of the better at their position in the league, and that the Raiders will be better with them. Now, if there comes a point where the Raiders are like, yeah, you know what, can't do it, okay, then that's their call. But right now, when I see that they both got signed in the, in the, in the season in the, uh, in, in, to a contract extension in season or before the season, that tells me that they feel like that their key piece is moving forward. That's all I'm saying. We got one more text, and we'll take a, uh, take a call. Uh, two more. Devil's Advocate, they were wrong about Josh Jacobs talking about the front office. You're right. You're right. They didn't. They didn't give him a contract. And maybe they weren't. Maybe they said, you know what? We'll decline the fifth year option, but then we'll we'll make something happen. We don't know yet because JJ's contract is still up in the air. Right. We don't know what, what direction that's going to go. We know a direction we want it to go. At least I do. This, <laughs> heaven for me. Josh might be like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to sign an extension here because, man, the minute that he might not be available, it's like, I told you. I told you not to sign him. I told you not to sign him. He's angry prone. I told you not to sign him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so funny how quickly people change their, their tune, man. I mean, again, and, and I, you go from you go from the penthouse to the outhouse real quick, man. All of a sudden, you're a hero. The next day, you're a zero. That's just what it is. Got one more text. I'd assume nobody talks about trading Renfro because he doesn't have the value that Waller does. Well, why does he? Why does Waller have the value? Why does Waller have the value? Again, I'll ask. Why does he have the value then? Whew. Who we got up next? <laughs> Vince in North Las Vegas. Vince, what's on your mind, brother? Thank you. What's going on? How I'm chilling, man. There? Uh, I'm hearing y'all talk about the Waller Winfrey. You make a valid point, but I think it's not that we want Waller traded. It's just, and we hate Waller. I think the nation, we're just frustrated with Waller. We gave you this big contract, and we're not seeing you on the field. We're not seeing any real production. If you look at it, he took a big dip, which you did mention, versus Winfrey. I think Winfrey. I would ask you this, Q, who you think made more of a production? I think, in my opinion, Waller had one good season. When Waller went down last season, and it goes back to last season, who stepped up? Winfro. Waller is one of the best. When he's on the field, when healthy, he's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. They were naming last year 
going into this year, Winfro, they were saying he was the best slot slot receiver. You get what I'm saying? I get and it. I, I get I it. I'm, I'm just asking, what what has he done? Yeah, he hasn't done anything. <laughs> and Wilder's dropped a couple touchdowns that could have uh, that could have resulted in us winning, especially against Tennessee. Right. I mean, honestly, you bring up the Arizona the Arizona game. I think that's all you got. <laughs> I mean, other than that, Renfro, besides him being hurt. Renfro has I did a, bring up Tennessee. I did bring up Tennessee with Waller and said that he, that ball bounced off his hands and that could cost him the game. I brought that up. Sir, he's been dropping a couple pa- he's been dropping a lot of passes like that when he was playing this year. He didn't play that much, but he he missed a few touchdowns. A few potential that that could uh change the outcome of these early games that we played. Renfro, I guess all we could say is just like I mean, maybe he's just a fan favorite. We love Renfro. He's he looks like one of us, looks like an average guy off the street and he happened to be a baller instead of Waller being this big freak tight end, you know. But I think uh if you ask me, it goes back to last year when Waller went down. What Waller I think he was out for six games. Who stepped up? Renfro was that man. Right. And then we know we Renfro shows that he could ball. Waller, he showed us one year that he could ball, then he got hurt. Now he's hurt again. He's got his money. It's just, and then I guess it just feels to the nation. It feels undeserving. Okay. That's fair. You know, no, that's, that's fine. Okay. No, hey, I'm, I'm, if it's undeserving, it's undeserving. I'll, I'll fall back. If it's undeserving, it's undeserving. I don't think it is, but it's, hey, that's just my personal opinion. If Renfro earned it in his one year that he balled out, as opposed to Darren Waller in his one year that he balled out, then fine. So be it. Who's up next? Quick. Quick. What's up, brother? Now, I know he, I actually know Quick was not. One that wanted Waller signed it from the jump. I do know that. Because I said there was a small percentage. I know for a fact Quick was one of them. Give me my flowers right now. <laughs> I want my flowers. I had to call and get on Waller neck. Because, look, bro, it's not that deserving, undeserving, bro. We literally paid him off of what he did like two seasons prior. Right, he got hurt the season before, and then the season before, prior to that, he was balling out. But why would we pay him again? I'll bring it back to my same point. He's thirty years old, oft injured now. When is that going to get better for us, cue ball? And then to bring up your, your point on Renfro that you just made, as far as like why the one year Renfro has been relatively consistent, right? Let's, let's just be honest. He's been consistent at least outside of this year, right? This is a bit of an outlier. And, again, I thought that Buddy made a good point of, as far as the value of, Renf- of, of Waller and Renfro. Clearly not there. We'll never get what we could have gotten for him prior to training camp. So, to me, it was a bad mistake as far as the player and why we paid him. Why did we give him that money? Why did Ziggy cave during the, during the, 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 the uh, uh, training camp? Why did that happen? That, those are the questions that I want to know, where he was holding in all of a sudden, and then he's paid. What, what was the situation there? We should have traded him to the Packers when we had a chance, got us a little third-rounder, and got us out of there. Darren Waller will never be the same player he was two years ago. Book it. I love y'all boys. Peace out. There he goes. Quick. All right. And real quick, because we got to take a break. Lincoln Kennedy's coming up next to start the third hour. And I don't even know how we got down this rabbit hole, except for I tried to make a point. But uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Let me say this. Talk about consistency. And remember what I always say. I'm going to I'll end it with this this comment right here. And on the other half, on the other side of Lincoln Kennedy, if you want to call in and chime in, you can. We got to get to Lincoln Kennedy. I'll say this. I made this point a long time ago. You are who you are consistently. Right. That's that's all I've ever asked. Just be who you are consistently. If you're going to be a 10, be a 10 all the time. If you're going to be a 7, be a 7 all the time. But just tell me who you're going to be. So 
You talk about Hunter Renfro and what he's been consistently. Rookie year, 2019, 605 yards receiving. 2020, second year in the league, 656 yards receiving. 2021, last year we had to step up in a major way, over 1,000 yards. And this year so far, 192 yards. So tell me who Hunter Renfro is consistently. Again, not trying to dog him because I'm a big fan of him, but I'm just trying to make a point. Who is Hunter Renfro consistently? Is he a 600-yard receiver a year or is he a 1,000-yard receiver a year? I'll ask you, Damon. You tell me. We just don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know because his body of work is too small to like judge him. What's he been in the league? Four years? Yeah. I'm just. I'm just. But who has he been? Who has he been consistently? Has he been a guy that's been over a thousand yards one more than one time? No. Okay. So, so consistently, he's not a thousand yard receiver. He's been a six hundred yard receiver twice, and then this year a hundred yard receiver. And someone texted us and said, in twenty twenty one, Renfro went for a thousand yards. Twenty twenty one. Waller went for 665 yards. Guess what? That would have matched what Renfro did in 2019 and what Renfro did in 2020. I'm just saying. Again, I'm a big fan of both the players. I'm just saying, if you're going to dog one guy out, dog them both. If you're not going to dog one, don't dog them both. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I think that a three-headed monster hasn't even had a chance to evolve yet. Let it see what it looks like and then make your judgment. But like Quick said, some people don't think that they'll ever live up to it, and that's okay. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. Lincoln Kennedy's up next. Rare Nation Radio 920.